we start a brand new series today. I want to got a couple of things I wanted to tell you. Uh, first off, we are going to this will be uh, ten weeks, uh, eight to ten weeks. We'll see how it goes. Uh, and just talking about looking at the wedding vows, kind of breaking them down into parts. Uh, if you said the traditional wedding vows, that's what this is going to follow. Uh, if you wrote your own, I have no idea what you said, but I'm sure it was good. Uh, and so we'll kind of follow along the traditional wedding vows like that. And so um, that'll be what the series is. Neat things that we're going to do. Uh, and this week, we're launching um, our own uh, web page for our class. Uh, so if you had to miss a week, for example, you can go back out there and you can listen to the audio uh, to be able to get caught up. And so that's why I have this handy-dandy uh, microphone set up there. And so it'll capture the audio, be able to put it back out there. Probably like two or three years ago, um, we were doing, uh, we had our uh, weekly podcast that was out there and I'd update that every week. And so we'll be able to start that uh, up again as well. But our webpage will be cool because it'll be an opportunity for you to go and to uh, look at class prayer lists, submit uh, prayer requests. If we have a do good exam uh, project, for example, you could scan a QR code from our bulletin, go there, sign up for it if you wanted to. Uh, you could also um, sign up for activities that are coming up, stuff like that. So just more ways to be engaged uh, this fall and this winter uh, for our class, not only on Sundays, but also throughout the week. And so hopefully that will be helpful uh, if you're in a spot where you have to miss. I know there are some folks that are in starting point, and so they'll ask, you know, can, can we get the lessons from it? Uh, but if I just hand them a lesson without context, that's kind of a little bit difficult. So hopefully it'll be a good uh, way to do that, not encouraging you to miss, uh, but if you had to miss, then you would have a, an opportunity to kind of uh, make up for stuff like that. So let's jump into the lesson for today. We're going to be in Philippians chapter number two. Philippians chapter number two, two through four, as we seek to understand more and more our spouse. I asked for pictures uh, from you guys, so I'll show some of these. Uh, this is Pete and Katie Dance, and uh, I appreciate, where was this picture taken, guys? In Chicago. Okay, very good. And uh, so they are right at how many years now? Eight years? Okay, good. All right, we talked about this the other day. And uh, they, uh, they are, um, they've been in our class now for, man, probably three or four, quite a while. And so that's good. And then also we have here their anniversary today, uh, Yak, Zach, yeah, I call them Yak, Zach and Yasmin, and I uh, appreciate them. And as they have baby number two on the way, be praying for them. And then also uh, this one uh, from the Mares. And so that's really cool. So I'll show some of those as you guys submit them. Uh, thank you. I think like 10 or 11 of you have done that uh, on our Facebook page because I asked for that. And so we'll get to yours if I didn't get a chance to get to yours, I promise. And so uh, talking about kind of understanding your spouse a little bit more, there was a guy who uh, he was walking along and, you know, as it were, he came upon a, a magic lamp there. And so uh, he he had that lamp there, and so uh, the genie popped out and such, and the genie said, I want to grant you one wish. And so the guy said, well, isn't there supposed to be three? He said, no, you know, inflation and stuff like that, there's one wish. And so the guy said, all right, I can deal with that, and so what's your wish? And the guy, he said, well, you know what, we have a lot of family in Hawaii, so it'd be really nice if, if there could just be a bridge, you know, from here to Hawaii wouldn't have to fly. It's expensive. Got a big old family and stuff like that. Like to see them several times a year. Be a lot more cost effective. We'd love it if you could just make a bridge to Hawaii. And the genie was like, you know what? Come on, man. That's a little bit selfish. There's all kinds of things you could focus in on, you know, world hunger, spiritual things or helping people or whatever else. And that's going to be your wish. That's a little bit selfish, don't you think? So the guy thought for a minute and he said, you know what? Actually, this would be great. We've been fighting a lot lately. If you could just help me to understand my wife, then that would be great. 
we wouldn't have as many disagreements and fights and different stuff like that. That's my wish. I want full under complete understanding of my wife. And the genie answered back. He said, do you want that bridge two lanes or four lanes? And so that's kind of true sometimes. We're seeking to understand the other person. Uh, it's a little bit more difficult. We're going to look at the vows. And uh, I thought it was kind of funny. People kind of add on sometimes to the vows that they have. And so here's a couple add-ons that people have done in their weddings. Uh, someone's added this on to their vows. I promise to love you, honor you, but not to obey because that's a little creepy. And that's kind of... A, that's kind of true as well. Someone added this to their vows, and uh, they're probably a millennial, said this, I promise not to watch the next episode without you. Or at least if I do, I'll fake like I've never seen it before. And so I thought that's kind of true. I loved our vow to love you even as you scan through all the videos, or sorry, all those movies without picking one to actually watch. I thought that was true. I promise to unclog the tub even though you were the, or even though, you are the only one of us with long hair, and I like that one. And then the last one, maybe this is, hits home for some of you. This would be me for sure. I vow to like the Harry Potter series as much as you do, irrespective of the fact that I don't like it at all. And so that's pretty cool, I think. And so uh, I was, we were at, uh, we got a chance to hang out with Pete and Katie this week, and uh, they had a little slogan that I liked that made me think of this series. And uh, he did something for her or whatever else. And she said, oh, it's in the vows. We had already predetermined that was going to be part of the ongoing relationship. And so they put it right into their vows uh, of whatever they needed to do to take care of each other. Philippians chapter number two, and then verse number two is what we're going to look at. So let's read these verses together. And I believe it's also, um, yeah, there it is. Philippians two, verse number two says this. Fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. This goes into, of course, uh, 5 through 10, talking about the mindset of Christ. And so this is a prerequisite for all good relationships, that in honor we would prefer one another, and lowliness of mind, humility. All of these themes that go through these verses would obviously make for a very good uh, marriage in a very good any type of relationship. So as we jump into this, uh, looking at we're going to look at the biblical principles associated with these vows. And what we're going to see is that there's a lot of, 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 of giving of yourself, a lot of humility, a lot of others before self. And that's why Philippians chapter 2 works so well for this. Here's the first thing I want to talk about, and that is, number one, the conditions of selfishness. The conditions of selfishness. Um. Beliefs, you can see the quote there, beliefs that encourage self-centeredness destroy marriages. So what destroys a marriage faster than anything? And that is selfishness. There's a couple of things that uh, kind of related to selfishness that I want you to write down. The first one is this, and that is immaturity. Immaturity. Uh, I had a, a quite a long conversation yesterday with somebody. I'm going through a little bit of a, of a rough patch in, in the marriage. And kind of what it came down to was, there's always kind of a little bit of fault on both sides, but what it came down to was the husband was being pretty emotionally immature. And it was causing a lot of issues and a lot of problems. And in talking to him, he kind of knew that that was the case, but he was still being that way. I don't know if you've ever been there before. I know I've been there before. When you know what you're doing is petty or immature or, or you know childish, whatever it is, uh, but you're going to do it anyways. We're just bound and determined that that's the way that it's going to be. 
And so that's not obviously super great at all. Let's look at these things um, on the next, or on the, the slide, the graph there, sorry. And we're going to look and talk about puppy love versus mature love. And I have a question right after this, but let's look at this. So puppy love would be, if you remember way back to the first time uh, that you fell in love, the first time when you, when you started talking to this person, uh, when you could text them just forever uh, for no reason, you could stay on the phone and nobody's saying anything and nobody wants to hang up or, you know, you, you, you go out to eat and you just hang out and you talk about nothing and everything all at the same time. Whatever that is, that puppy love, that's, that's good and that's exciting because that's the kindling for relationship. And I think about relationships as, as in fires, right, in, in a fire pit. And some people have great fire pits and such. Uh, but when you start out with kindling, that stuff kind of, you know, sparks really quickly. And it's exciting and it's fun and, and you like to watch it or, you know, you pour gasoline on it or whatever. And that's really quick. But that's no way to maintain a fire and to maintain a relationship going forward. You need some type of logs, right? That is just, it's the good, steady meat and potatoes of a relationship. And we're going to call that mature love. So let's first look at some uh, comparing and con contrasting here. Puppy love, first off, focuses on receiving. A lot of times when someone's first falling in love, you'll ask them, hey, what do you like about this person? And it's related to something like, I love how they make me feel, right? Or I just love that they get me so much, or that I can talk to them forever, or that they really understand me, or that they're listening when I'm talking to them, whatever it is. And so it's a focused on receiving, whereas mature love seeks to give to the other person. What does that person need? What do I know that that person needs? Now, we had two weeks ago the lesson on the five love languages. And so if you know what your spouse wants and what they need, then that's a focus on, uh, on giving to the other person. Puppy love, second thing, it's impatient and self-centered. Impatient. That can define a lot of immaturity in relationships. And then mature love is patient in spite of other flaws, in spite of the other person's flaws. Puppy love tends to outbursts of anger. Outbursts of anger because why? If I'm not getting what I want, I'm going to get super mad. There was a guy, a pastor, who was going down a street one day, and uh, he passed this little kid, and the kid, little kid had a, a yard sale going on. And so the pastor said, I'll talk to this little kid, and you know, was kind of going through, what are you selling, and that kind of thing, checking out the different wares that he had. And the pastor over there saw a lawnmower. It looked like it had some age on and stuff, but you know, being a preacher, he wasn't making a lot of money, and, and he had been cut in other ways. And so he said, well, how much for the lawnmower, kid? So the kid cut him a pretty good deal. And so he said, that's fine. That sounds good. And so uh, he took the lawnmower, and he took it back to his house, and tried to, tried to work it, tried to work it, didn't work at all. So he took it right back to the kid and he said, hey, man, what's going on? Like this lawnmower doesn't work. You know, what, did your dad do, use it? How can I get this lawnmower to work? And he said, well, I'll tell you what. Yeah, I watched my dad cut the lawn a lot. He said, what happens is if you kind of kick it a little bit and just keep pulling on that, um, on, the, on the cord, it'll start. And that's the best way to start it. And the pastor said, I tried that. I, I tried that all kinds and it didn't work at all. And the kid said, oh, you know what? I remember something. My dad would do this too. If you cuss at the lawnmower and you kick it and you pull it at the same time, pulling that cord, just pull it and just cuss at it, cuss at it. He said, that's what actually works. And the pastor said, oh, son, you don't get it. I'm a pastor. I, I, I don't even remember how to cuss. I don't do any of that stuff. And the kid looked back at me and said, just keep pulling on that cord and it'll come back to you. And that's kind of how we go, right? With outbursts of anger is that we, we get angry about something and something surfaces and you're like, whoa, that's not me. Or I don't, I don't want to be that kind of person. And so that's kind of that, the puppy love is outbursts of anger. Mature love responds gently and appropriately to irritants. 
responding gently and appropriately to irritants. Lastly, puppy love. Self-protective because it insists on the meeting of all of its needs. And then mature love is transparent and vulnerable. Words that we said about 100 times at the marriage conference. Okay, here's a talking point right here. How does this transformation take place between the puppy love, which again, everybody's going to go through that. And it's a good stage to go through. If you just kind of arrived and I uh, just wanted to let you know that I, I do like you. And here's I, the five things I like the most about you. Three things I don't, but you can work on them. Another person, so on and so forth. Uh, okay, let's agree. Let's enter into a contract of marriage then. That's kind of a weird thing, right? Um, I guess other cultures with the whole arranged marriage thing, maybe that's kind of how it is and people learn to love each other. Uh, but typically, everybody goes through the same scenario of puppy love, love everything about this person, right? Nothing wrong with them. And then it transfers over into mature love or it simply fizzles out or blows up. Those are kind of the, the ways that it can go. So how does this transformation take place where you go from that beginning exciting stage of puppy love into that sustainable and important stage that we call mature love that makes for long-lasting relationships? Jessica? The thing to point out that, that a transfer from puppy love to mature love doesn't happen on its own. A lot of times when I do, sometimes we get to do premarital counseling, which is great, or talk to young couples and such. I, th I believe that there's, and you remember how it is, when you're like, you know, 20, 21, you're like, yeah, 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 of course, you know, all the advice people want to give you, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we, I think that most people assume that there's going to be a transfer that just happens, right, from this, this puppy love to mature love. But I don't know if you've ever met anybody that's been in a long-term relationship, but they're still very selfish, right, and they're still very, all, all of the things on the left-hand side, right, outbursts of anger, uh, self-protective, so on and so forth. Um, you realize really quickly that it doesn't happen outside of a choice, right, maybe forced on by adversity, or maybe just because uh, life squeezes you, but either way. Ephesians has a lot of great verses. The first one right here uh, that I want to give you is Ephesians 5.15. See then you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, being wise in our relationships. Here's another way. So immaturity is the first way the selfishness is manifest. Secondly is time choices. And I'm talking about improper time choices, okay? At some point, if this hasn't already happened to you, and probably everyone's lived through this, I was talking with a young couple the other, uh, a couple weeks ago, me and my wife were laughing. And he goes, man, she made me sell my PlayStation. And uh, they got married, and they were married all of about a month. And she was like, all right, it's going to have to go. And he's like, but, 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 you know, it, it, but she won. It, ha it went. And so that was good because there was a little bit of proper, improper time choice. Now you might think, okay, well, that's extreme, or I wouldn't do that, or, or so on or so forth. Uh, but I know guys that still, man, three kids later and a wife later, 10 years of marriage later on, they're still pouring a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of time into these outside types of entertainments. Now, I realize that this can be more of a snack for guys, but every single one of us need to evaluate, am I making proper time choices? Ephesians 5.16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The second or the third thing here that you need to, that uh, is stems from selfishness, is insensitivity. Insensitivity. There was a couple that they had to go out of town, and you know when you're kinda, your kids are getting older and so you can start to leave them at home alone for a couple hours, and a couple more hours or whatever. I was laughing a couple in our class. I forget who it was. Maybe if it was, if it was you, I'm sorry. But uh, they were saying, uh, I said, are you going to come? And they said, yeah, I think we're just going to leave our kids you know, home uh, by themselves for the marriage conference first time or whatever. And I said, well, how old are they? And so they gave me the ages. And I said, I don't know that you should be doing that. <laughs> I think you might, maybe, maybe you get a call from the police or whatever else if they're at that age. You know, It wasn't like six or seven. It was like a little more on the bubble. Like, you, you know, maybe, maybe not kind of thing. You know, 20 minutes is good, but probably four hours not so good. You know, that kind of thing. 
Uh, but uh, these parents are going out of town. They had a 16 or 17 year old. And so, right, hey, okay, you're, you're going to stay here. We'll have some people check on you. Uh, but we'll call in and just see how the house is going and different stuff like that. So a couple days in, the, the wife calls and uh, asks the son, hey, how's everything going? What, what's going on? How's the house or whatever? Son just blurts out, uh, it's going great. The cat died. And so the, the wife was like freaking out. She's like, what do you mean? Like, what happened or whatever? So he explains and she said, listen, you can't just dump bad news on me like that. And he's like, okay. She's like, here's how you should have done it. You should, I'll call you and you say, hey, the cat got on the roof, right? And trying to get him off. Call you a couple hours later and say, uh, I was unsuccessful to get him off and the cat fell off of the roof. Call you a couple hours later, day next, whatever. Took him to the pet hospital. It's touch or go, we'll see. And then third day, he, you know, he passed away. Sorry about that. You got to kind of break it out slowly to me because it's just too much. You just dump me all at once. You're being insensitive. And so the boy's like, okay, it's fine. That's fine. Next day, mom calls again, asks the son, how's everybody doing? How are things going? You know, whatever else. And the son said, well, grandma's on the roof. And so that was, <laughs> sometimes you got to be sensitive about how you break news to people and stuff like that. Because what he's saying is that grandma died. Did you get that? Okay, all right. Okay. So anyways, uh, insensitivity. So uh, we need to be sensitive about what is important to the other person. And also, by the way, how they like to be communicated to. How many of you are in the don't talk to me before caffeine or 10 a.m. camp? Is there people like that, right? Or no loud noises in the morning? No, everybody's good. You're up at five and talking. Okay, good. All right. So uh, there's other people that they're on the opposite end. Don't talk to me past 8 p.m. Nothing important, right? I mean, I want to be shut down. I'm, I'm powering down at 8 p.m. I'm starting that descent. So if you need to say anything important, it needs to be before that time. So we need to be careful about how our spice, spouse likes to be communicated to. Um, kind of what tone people, some people are more like, look, blunt, just give me the facts. You know, if you want me to help, just say it, say it, right? I'm not going to get those hints. And so we'll learn how to be sensitive towards communication towards other people. Um, ask your spouse the question, what says I love you to you? In some cases, since we went through our five love languages, you already know. And then, of course, act on the answers to those questions. The next one up here is stubbornness. 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 You heard about the man who went in for a job interview, and the boss said, look, tell me one of your weaknesses. How many of you hate when they ask that question, right? You know, you're like, I, I just show up on time so much it gets annoys my coworkers. You know I mean? I don't know, whatever. You just have to make up a fake weakness, that you, even though you know that you're like always 20 minutes late, whatever. So the boss said, uh, okay, tell me about one of your weaknesses. And the man said, okay, I can be very stubborn. And the boss said, okay, well, please elaborate about that. And the guy said, I will not. And so that's one of the things that... Uh, that can happen with stubbornness. So if you're married to someone who's stubborn, or if you are someone who's stubborn, please understand that no one likes to be around that, okay? Uh, be willing to give in relationships. You cannot win every argument. One, two, not everything is worth arguing over, okay? How many of you hit that point in your relationship where it's just like 70% of it, you're like, okay, you know, I'll deal with that 30 that's really important. And so we need to be careful uh, about being stubborn. Ephesians 5.21 says this, submitting yourselves one to another, in the fear of God. What areas, if you don't mind, I'm nothing like too crazy personal or whatever else, okay? But what areas perhaps were you a little bit insensitive or stubborn about early on? For me, I'll go first. Uh, I, I did not consider, I did not consider uh, that I need to, to uh, come home from work at a better time. And then two, let people know when I'm headed home, like when I'm, when I'm, going in that direction. 
because you know it takes time to prepare stuff and whatever else and walk in whatever that kind of thing. Uh, and so some you know I'd, I'd get a text to hey when are you coming home and then I'd wait and forget about it and like 20 minutes later I'd text I'm like okay I'm on a road I'll be there in 30 seconds and that was not sensitive that was not appreciated or whatever uh, because I didn't allow lead time. Uh, and also, the time that I was coming home from work wasn't appreciated. So that's not a good thing. And so I tried to uh, be a little bit uh, better about that. I always say, okay, I'm leaving work in 10 minutes. And she knows that means you're leaving work in 20 minutes, right? But she just does the math, and so we, we have it figured out. Anybody uh, have anything that's perhaps you were a little bit insensitive or stubborn about, Katie? Number two, the cure for selfishness. This is where the boxing gloves come in, Monica. I told you, right? Absolutely. Okay. All right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you uh, uh, three things there. You can see it starts P-E-P. -E so we're going to put some pep, pep in the cure for selfishness. Number one is this, uh, is priorities, priorities. Amos 3.2 says this, can two walk together except they be agreed? Um, there are some certain, we're going to call them big rocks, okay, that in your marriage you need to have worked out because if you're not on the same page, it's going to really come back to bite you. One of those big rocks would be rearing kids, if you, have, if you have grossly different views of how kids should be raised, that's always going to be a frustration point, right? You can get over laundry or dishwashers or, or coffee cups, but how kids being raised, their life, that's a big one. Religion, right? And, and you're all here together, and that's good, but that's going to be an, an, another big one, right? Kind of how you value and prioritize your time. I think even we've been pushed into kind of a spot where even uh, like political and voting preferences, right? I mean, there's just such a, a stark difference now between different... Uh, personalities and parties and different things like that. It's very, very hard. You see these constantly come up again. Finances, which we're going to deal with in a couple weeks because it's in the vows for rich or for poor. So be here for that one. That's going to be a lot of fun. Those of you that like finances, right? So that's going to be a good fight night one. Uh, and so those big rocks, that those are things that you just can't get over, get around. So the priorities need to be aligned. I'm talking about the major stuff. The next thing here is expectations. Expectations. Uh, there's an author by the name of Patrick Lencioni. Everybody, anybody ever heard of him or read any of his books? It's a good one. R writes a lot on team management, things like that. Pete, I think you'd enjoy his books. Uh, but he said that the number one factor that he found for people when they complained about not being satisfied in their job, they just really were frustrated about their job, was not pay, was not coworkers. It was actually related to the fact if people couldn't come home and define what a good day was. They just had no idea. What, what's expected of me? What am I supposed to be doing? Am I fulfilling those roles? Do I, am I doing what you need me to do? If there was no expectation level, that was extremely frustrating for people because they could not come back and say it was a good day or it was a bad day. There was just simply no level of expectation. They did a really good job talking about at this at marriage conference, if you got a chance to go, about managing our expectations in a relationship and then also trying to live up towards people's expectations. You know, we don't believe just because you're married that, uh, that there should be zero expectations. Obviously, that's not true. Um, but we need to manage those expectations in order for the best uh, outcome. The last one here, the last P, is pattern. That is aligning of schedules and, and priorities and kind of how we live life, okay? So we can cure selfishness if we get the same priorities for the most part, especially on the big stuff. Expectations of one another and then our pattern, kind of how we live life on a day-to-day -day thing. If you're married to someone with a drastically different schedule, I was talking with someone the last week that their husband was about to take a schedule that was a uh, 3 p.m. to 3 a.m. And I warned him, I said, you're going to have to find carve-outs of time for the kids or for yourselves because you're on completely different schedules. You know, you're going to want to talk. They're sleeping. 
You're going to go to bed every night, you know, alone. That, like the schedule is just so vastly different. That's going to be really hard to navigate. If you've ever been in that kind of scenario, you know that that's true. And then let's uh, lastly look at this. The comeback from selfishness. The comeback from selfishness. What are ways that we can uh, come all the way back uh, from a pattern of selfishness that would say, hey, you need to go first. No, you first, so on and so forth. The first thing is this. We need to have a feelings love, a feelings love. Here's what I mean by that is get back to what it felt like to fall in love. There's three things underneath there. Give attention to your relationship, activate your will, and then stay on tracks. I, I wrote the, or I have these here because I thought it was kind of cute. This is what how kids view and see love. Uh, Marianne's four years old. She said this. Love is when your puppy licks your face even after you've left him alone all day. That's kind of true. A four-year-old. Wow, these are really smart four-year-olds. Or their parents were liars. I don't know. All right, so here we go. Uh, the next one is this. Uh, Rebecca eight. I love this one. When my grandma got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore. So my grandfather does it for her all the time, even though his hands also got arthritis. That's love. That's kind of nice, right? Next. Love is like... Little old woman, a little old man who, was, who are still friends even after they know each other so well. I'm age six. Guess your kids look up to grandparents, right? And then lastly, this one. Love is when mommy gives daddy the best piece of chicken. Now, that's, that's one we can relate to right there, right, guys? So that's how kids view love. Um, but Ephesians 5.25, husbands love your wife, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. And then next there is this. It's friendship love, friendship love. If someone can truly say... Um, like many of, of, of you and us can here, that I married my best friend, right? First Peter 3.8. Finally, be, be all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. So what we want to see is we want feelings love to obviously stay ignited in a relationship, but it also moved towards a friendship love where, as, the, as the, one of the marriage books says, I like you and I love you, right? That's a good thing. Um, sometimes you love somebody, but you don't really like them at that time or at that moment or at that season, whatever. And then lastly, the third thing is this, and that is forever love. And uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 talks a lot about this. A lot of you had them in your wedding vows uh, or in your wedding ceremony. Um, I did put that in for the Dozier's ceremony as well. Okay. Hey, you have homework. Yes, you do have homework. Your kids have homework, and now you have homework. Here's what I want you to do. There's four reflection questions that I want you to do at some point, preferably not as pastor's preaching in the next hour, but just at some point over the next, if you don't do it in the next 24 hours, you probably will forget and not do it. But here's the first one. In what specific areas of your relationship with your spouse do you find yourself behaving or thinking selfishly? Um, and so you, we each have our own sheet, right? And so we can, we can fill these in and kind of relate that to ourselves. Two, what specific conditions of selfishness can you identify in yourself? Remember, we talked about four, and those, of course, would be the, the time choices and sensitivity, stubbornness, and then also uh, immaturity. Number three, what kind of expectations do you have for your marriage and spouse? How can you begin communicating those expectations uh, to him or her? And then lastly, reading over 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and really it's just the first like 13 verses in that chapter, not the whole chapter. Ask yourself, these, do you have those qualities that are in there? Patience, kindness, um, not boasting, and in what areas would you need to improve? There's like a list. I think it's like eight or nine, maybe 10 different things that it says love is this, right? Charity is this, charity is this, charity is this. And that's obviously an example that we need to keep in.